Hello, this is Nancy Ray, your host for the Rebel Haven podcast, a show designed to inspire, educate, and empower our community of entrepreneurs that think differently. For as in the words of the great and late Steve Jobs, the ones who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones that do. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. I have a dream that one day, it's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Hello, my fellow rebels. This is your host, Nancy Ray Allen. And in today's podcast, we are going to be talking about how to start your new year off to have you set up for the best success possible. I'm really excited for this podcast. I'm going to be sharing with you in my five plus years as a professional business coach um, and in my 20 plus years of personal development study, some of the most powerful concepts and ideas I have come to understand and that I absolutely know are foundationally the key to being successful when it comes to setting new goals, making new plans, and actually really holding to those New Year's resolutions, sticking to them all the way through. Most New Year's resolutions are given up within the first month of the New Year. And this really sucks because one of the most powerful things about being a human is the ability to actually plan for, strategize, and create the life that we really want. This is what sets us apart from the other species here on the planet is that we have a self-consciousness, an ability to see what we're doing, change what we're doing, plan for other things, and to actually truly change our life. So the number one tip I have for you when it comes to setting your goals and sticking to them is to be the parents that you always wanted and needed. So this is kind of an interesting concept and probably something that you haven't heard anybody talk about before. But the truth is to really have a healthy, well-developed child, they get to have two different energy influences in their life. One is feminine. This can be the mom, this can be a grandma, it can be an auntie, it doesn't matter, but a feminine energy that is a nurturing, loving, embracing energy. And then a masculine energy, which is a protecting, boundary, enforcing energy in their life. We always get to have both to create the life that we're wanting and that we're needing. So what I'm asking you to do is to be both of those for yourself this year. What does this even look like? What does this mean? Well, in the world of personal development, you have two extremes. On one side, you have the super feminine, woo-woo, spiritual, flowy approach, which is all about being nice and accepting and everything's always happening for a reason and it's perfect and love yourself unconditionally, blah, 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 which is beautiful and true. And then you have this hard side over on the other side, which is hustle, make it happen, pound it out, blah, 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 blah. You get to have both to really create an epic, amazing life, which means you get to be loving and accepting of yourself. And you also get to be a little edgy with yourself. You get to have kind of rule with a a hard fist at some points. You need both. Growing up, you need the nurturing energy as well as the intense, you crossed a line, you're going to get smacked down energy, which is the boundaries and the rules. Kids need both, right? We need both in our life. You get to be loving and embracing of yourself. But if you're too soft on yourself, your ego, your inner child, your subconscious, whatever you want to call it, is going to walk all over you all year. Oh yeah, I set this goal that I'm going to go to the gym every day, but you know, I'm tired. I'm on my period. I was sick. I stayed up late. And of course, there's time to be understanding, to love your body, to listen to your body. What does it need and require right now? And then there's also a time to have that masculine energy come in and be like, I don't give a shit (laughs) that you stayed up late. 
your job is to get up and milk the cows at 6 a.m. And so you get the F up and you do it whether you're in the mood or not. You get to have both of these. And it can feel like a paradox at time. Which one do I do? Which one do I listen to? Well, first of all, you're never a bitch to your mood. Just because you're not in the mood to... Uh, go to the gym doesn't mean you don't, right? Think about your other responsibilities and requirements. If you're just not in the mood to feed your kids, well, (laughs) too bad. You get to get yourself in the mood, right? You get to get yourself aligned. You get to get yourself in that energy. And there are some days we just get to check that box because we are following our word. We committed our word to ourselves, which is I'm going to do this this year. I'm going to make these things happen. I committed to working out every single day. So now I'm going to follow through on that because I'm keeping my word to myself, even though right now I'm not in the mood. You get to have both mother and father yourself this year. Both elements are key. Loving, gentle, flexible, self-accepting, never shaming, right? You can't beat yourself into submission, but also on the other hand, having these healthy boundaries that you're willing to enforce with yourself. It is okay to feel guilty. It is okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel negative sometimes about yourself. It's okay to be mad at yourself. It's okay to be like, I'm really pissed that I didn't follow through on this goal. One of the biggest problems right now in the world is making certain emotions and feeling and experiences wrong or bad. They're not. Sometimes one of the most motivating things is to be sick and tired of being sick and tired, to be frustrated with your finances looking the same at the end of every year, being frustrated with regaining the weight or still being in the same place or having your knees hurt. Pain is an incredibly transformational energy and running from pain and hiding from pain solves nothing. We get to feel the pain, we get to release the pain, we get to plan for the pain and move forward. But oftentimes, avoiding pain is way more motivating than seeking pleasure. So give yourself some motivation. Find those areas, take a good look at them, feel guilty, feel a little guilty, which is like, I know better. I know better. Don't shame yourself. Shame is taking it on as an identity of like, I'm stupid or I'm bad. But hey, if you do something stupid, own that shit and say, look, I did something dumb right here. And you know what? I'm going to trust that it's all working out for my good and that this is going to be used for my good. But moving forward and moving forward, I am going to blank, blank, blank to avoid or to transcend this issue in the future. Allow your life to transform you, to have you grow and to have you evolve and to have you change and give yourself permission to feel those negative emotions. Don't run from them. So tip number one, be the parents that you need. The mom and the dad, the love and the, and the iron fist, right? Um, you can still be loving and hold really healthy, epic boundaries for yourself. Allow yourself to feel those negative emotions when it's in your best interest, all right? Next up is your language. Watch your language. Watch how you talk about yourself, how you identify yourself. I have this really great story. So um, in college... I had a really good friend that I did musical theater with, and she had the most incredible voice. She even now is pursuing a career on Broadway. She's so incredibly talented. She's so fun. I like, I love this girl so much. And I noticed at that time her having this really interesting identity and story around food. She'd come to play rehearsal and she'd have two or three candy bars, like full-size candy bars that she'd eat while we were there. And then afterwards, she's like, hey, let's go out and get this or go out and get that. She always was eating out, eating a ton of processed stuff. And she would make jokes about it kind of like um, like owning this identity of like, I'm the fat girl, I'm the big girl. So fascinating. And she had a younger sister who was absolutely just very stunning, like model quality gorgeous, who was slimmer and thin and thinner. 
And she would make comments out loud of like, she got all the good DNA and blah, 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 blah. But the interesting thing is one time we went to the farmer's market together, um, my friend and her sister, and her sister spent most of the time at the farmer's market talking to musicians and the people who made the jewelry. I didn't see her buy any food or really eat anything. She was just, you know, doing these other things. Now, my friend, on the other hand, she bought food from almost every single vendor and she ate like three baklava while we were there, which baklava is really, really dense in calories. And she just had this different energy around food. But her story inside her brain was that she was a fat girl. She's just a curvy girl. She's a curvy girl, curvy girl. And I'm all about people loving their bodies exactly where they're at and embracing the genetics that they have and working with them to the best of their ability. But there's a difference between being curvy and a voluptuous body type and being unhealthy. She right now has slowly over the years gained probably five to 15 pounds a year. She's probably sitting at about a hundred pounds overweight now. And she has this big mission to talk about, you know, hashtag curvy girls are gorgeous, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they are. We're all gorgeous. And Hashtag curvy girls are gorgeous does not equal hashtag eat whatever the heck you want and fill your body with poison. It doesn't mean that we create these identities that lock us into certain patterns and behaviors. It's beautiful that she's embracing her curves and it's beautiful that she's loving her body where it is. And it's also beautiful to act in alignment with the love you're having for your body in the way that you're fueling it and the way that you're exercising. There's so much intense damage that comes onto our bodies when we we are incredibly overweight and we're eating toxic things it's not good for our joints it's not good for our digestion it's not good for you know blood pressure any of any of our internal organs struggle and suffer when we are incredibly overweight you know she's definitely uh was probably bmi is obese right so it's not healthy and it's not loving to maintain that type of identity But what's happened is she's locked herself in and she's created this like really white knuckle fisted, like I'm on a mission to liberate curvy girls and have us love ourselves and blah, blah, blah. When at the same time, she is fighting for an identity that's no longer serving her with this story that this is just the way that she is. It's not just the way that she is. I see us do this with all sorts of identities and boxes we want to put ourselves into. You can call it introvert. You can call it extrovert. You can call it whatever you want. And certainly some of us get really, really energized being around people and some of us do not. But what I've also seen is when people say they're an introvert, when they're around crowds, they take on introverted behavior and they get shy and they get awkward and they get weird and they do all these things that does not have to be your reality. I have worked with so many people that were once introverted that are still introverted. Introverted means you do not get fueled up and energized being around tons of people. They're still that way. They still recharge being alone. That's their recharge. They go have their solitude. They go have their solace. They go have their own space. But when they're in social situations, they're competent, they're charismatic, and these are skill sets that they have developed, that they have practiced by shifting their identity and the way they talk about themselves. So I want you to take a look at your life. What stories do you have? What identities are you saying over and over again as if it's fact? I'm bossy. I'm this. I'm that. And it's okay to create an identity for yourself. If you like something about yourself or your personality, great. Reiterate those things. 
but pay attention to if you're boxing yourself in to where you always have to respond in a certain situation in a certain way. And you'll notice these the most often around people you've known for a long time because those old identities and those old stories you have come back up to the surface because they expect you to be how you have always been. I saw this with my siblings when I moved away to college many years ago and I started really getting out on my own and becoming my own person and blah, 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 figuring out who I was. When I would come home, my, my siblings still treated me like I was you know, the 10 year old stubborn bossy little girl and expected me to respond to things and react to things in the same way I used to, even though I was developing a new identity and a new way of being in the world. So pay attention to the words, pay attention to the labels. How are you labeling yourself? How are you labeling other people around you? Are you building boxes in the way that you're defining yourself that are blinding and blocking you from seeing the behaviors, the actions that will create the life you really, really want? one that is fulfilled in every area, that's healthy in every area, that's healthy mentally, emotionally. I mean, are you telling people over and over again, are you taking on the identity that you're bipolar? I have the gene for bipolar. I have it. I got it from both sides of my family. It's there. I do not tell people I am bipolar. I don't take that on as an identity because it's not manifested. It's not activated right now in my experience. Has it been in the past? Absolutely. But epigenetically, And through conscious creation language, I have been able to overcome that genetic disposition. Some people are able to do that expertly well without medication. Some people require medication, no judgment, no nothing, but it doesn't need to become your identity. It doesn't need to become who you are, where you're wearing it like it's this badge of honor that I am introverted or I am curvy or I am, um, uglier, I am insecure, or I am f- fearful, or I am anxiety, I am anxiety attacks. I don't become, don't let it become your identity. You are a creator and you can create this year to be anything that you want it to be, but it gets to start with you. First of all, paying close attention to the language that you're using because we convince ourselves of things that are not true. We, my friend convinced herself that she was genetically screwed. And yeah, I do believe that genetically, it's, it's a little bit trickier for her to take weight off than her sister. I, I can see that and I can understand why she believes that. And yet, that does not mean she is locked into a life where she's 100 pounds overweight, taking on damage to her knees, being sluggish and feeling tired and having it limit her experience. That does not mean that's her life. There are things that she could be doing if she would believe that her body is capable of it. If she would believe, and she can keep the identity of curvy girl if she loves it. I know so many people that love that identity. There's no nothing wrong with that at all. And you can still be curvy and be healthy mentally and emotionally and physically. And I love that she's embracing herself. I hope you guys are really feeling my heart and how I'm explaining this to you. And I want her to be liberated from the identity that she is stuck and that she has no choice but to eat the toxic things and and to experience the, the pain I know her body is experiencing because it is so overweight. So take a look at where those identities are and shift them. What do you want to be more of? Look and project into your future, two years, three years from the, down the road, of something you're wanting to have created or have built, and then operate as that person. Begin to see yourself as that person. Use the language of that person. Talk and act aligned to that and you will bring yourself there really quickly. So much research has been done about our true inability as humans to overcome our identity. We become and act and behave in the way that we see ourselves. So if you see yourself as a hot mess, you're gonna act that way. 
And you may try really, really hard to not, but eventually you're going to come back to that baseline identity you've created for yourself. There's a really amazing audiobook. Um, I saw a recording of it actually available on YouTube. You can go check it out there. I believe it's also on Audible. It's called Psycho-Cybernetics, and it talks about this, and it's so powerful and transforming to listen to. It's written by a plastic surgeon who experienced so powerfully the psychology of identity and how we see ourselves. And he would do surgery on people and their whole life would change because the way they saw themselves changed. And he would do surgery on people multiple times that continued to see themselves with the same defect they had before, that their life did not change. And even though they had many, many surgeries, they still could not see themselves any different. They still saw themselves as ugly or they still saw themselves as weird or, or whatever it is. So please understand the power of your identity. This is one of the most central foundational concepts you can come to understand when it comes to your psychology is the way that you identify with yourself, the way you perceive yourself and the way you define yourself. The third major tip for really conquering and owning 2019 is to plan for it. Now, this can seem so commonsensical, so just redundant, but I realized this a couple of months ago. I was wanting to get back on top of my health and get get back into the rhythm with the behaviors that I want to be in. And yet I kept feeling like it was so impossible. Like I was waiting in, you know, waist high water and trying to, you know, tread water and walk. And it was so hard and I didn't understand why it wasn't coming together. And then all of a sudden I remembered something that I've learned long ago that just came back to the forefront of my mind, which is if you want it to happen, schedule it and then just follow the schedule at that point. It becomes really simple and this seems so duh, but one of the things I was wanting to get in place was a certain type of eating in my life. And yet every day I would just wake up hoping that I would eat aligned to that, but I didn't plan for it. I didn't buy food for it. I didn't schedule for it. I was just hoping I would happen into it. If there are behaviors like that in your life, like exercise, and you're hoping it'll just happen sometime in the day, it's not going to happen. But if you have it on the schedule that this time every single day I hit the gym, it's more likely to happen. And then if you have something come up in your schedule that's going to derail that, you just reschedule the gym. You work around it. Same thing with any other schedule or plan you can make in your life for you know eating a certain way, taking certain actions. If you plan for it, at that point, all you have to do is follow the plan. But if you really care about it, if you really want it to happen, it's in the schedule. Think of anything you've created in your life, any trips, vacations, weddings, parties. It's in the calendar and you have a plan of like this day I'm ordering the cake. By this day, I need to have the invitations out. You have deadlines, you have plans, it's on your calendar. Get a planner. You can get them at the dollar store. Get a calendar. You can get them at the dollar store. Put it up on the wall and start planning your life and then execute Take action on what your plan is and you can truly create anything in your life. Seems so silly, but so many people at the beginning of the year plan for and hope for, you know, changes in their health. They plan for and hope for, you know, responding to a certain situation with their spouse differently, but they don't have a plan in place. I remember years ago when I really wanted to get on top of this high, low cycle I was having that was a manifestation that was very much an experience of a bipolar experience. I wanted to get on top of it. One of the first things I did was I wrote myself a letter to read anytime I was at the very, very bottom. And I wrote myself this letter when I was, you know, kind of in the middle zone and a happier space, kind of centered. And I wrote myself this letter. And that was one of the first techniques I implemented. And then I started building and developing other strategies and techniques for when this would happen. I would do a checklist because here's the truth. When you get to this negative dark place or you're frustrated or whatever's going on, 
it's tricky to think your way out of it, right? We cannot solve a problem at the same level of thinking that created it. So I had a plan in place. I was like, okay, next time this happens, the first thing I'm going to do is call this person. This is the, this is what people do to overcome really intense patterns like addiction. They have a, they have a strategy and SOS plan in place. They get triggered. They see themselves going down the trail of, of acting out, right? They, they have a plan, a customized plan. They, maybe they call their sponsor or they call their friend or they call their sibling or they go on a walk or they uh, take a bath or whatever it is. They come up with a strategy for themselves so that when they're in that place, they can go to that list or that checklist, whatever it is, and, and follow it. Do the same thing for yourself. If you're wanting to uh, respond to a certain pattern the same that keeps happening the same, like maybe with your children or your teenager or your spouse, Create a list for yourself or a mantra or something you're going to reread that's going to remind you and write it in the energy of what you want to create, right? So one of the things that I'm committed to shifting is the energy that happens when I find, uh, when I ever, if I were to ever experience a troll online that would, uh, that may be commenting on some of my material or whatnot, having a plan in place so that it doesn't vibrationally upset me. There's like this, there has been in the past this one to two hour time frame where I'm just sort of uh, a little bit on edge or agitated by confrontation or when, you know, you know, you see those people that will post things online that are really um, intense and opinionated and sometimes mean and mean spirited and, and there sometimes to just get a rise out of people. Uh, when I would see those things or, or feel those things online, whether directed at me or not, I would have this hour or two of just like agitation and frustration, not liking it. So what I do is when I'm in a really epic place, this is my commitment. When I'm in a really epic place, I'm going to write myself some sort of letter or mantra that is from the vibration of releasing other people's opinions, allowing everyone in their own journey, trusting and remembering, you know, all the things that I want to be in aligned with and writing them when I'm in a vibration that I'm happy. <laughs> and then if and when I ever were to be triggered in that space again, I can reread that mantra. And that being one of my go-to things, I'm going to read this mantra. And then the next thing is probably going to be a, a three-hour social media talk to other human break, where I'm not going to look at anything online. I'm, you know, I'm not going to research. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to go down the trail of obsessing with it, whatever it is. And I'm going to go be in nature, right? I'm going to make a strategy so that this next year, if a situation like this ever comes up, I have a strategy in place so that what used to be an hour or two of agitation can quickly become three to five minutes of, of slight funky energy, process it, release it, let it flow on through, and get myself realigned to what I really want to be creating and experiencing in my life. So those are my top three tips for all of you badasses out there. I would love to hear your tips. I would love to hear the things that you know help you be successful at creating new habits and sticking to your resolutions. You can join us for that conversation in our Facebook community, Rebel Haven. I would love to connect with you within that community space. And as always, remember, whatever it is that you are dreaming, it is yes, absolutely possible. Happy New Year.